0: Not every customer is my customer, you know, frankly speaking, you know, by the time I have two conversations with um, a client, I kind of know if they're my client or not. So
1: good afternoon, everybody. My name is Kemi. I'm from Inspired by Black um, and welcome to our very first podcast podcast where we talk to inspirational people who inspire us, who are in our community about their experiences, their challenges, their highs and their lows with us. And today for our very first interview, we have none other than Victoria Oguni from Favour Events Catering, the award-winning business. And I must say the word leader caterers who did my wedding, which was fabulous. So welcome, Victoria.
0: Thank you very much, Kemi. Thank you for having me on board
1: my pleasure totally my pleasure so I guess I brought you in here today to discuss you know to talk about your experiences your life experiences as an entrepreneur but also as a mother a woman a sister you know we we wear so many hats so it's always nice to hear what your experience that inspire us to look up to to look up to people like you to say you know what have you done How have you got to where you are today And I guess our first question leading on to that would be, you know, how did Favour start? I mean, I I know it's a great company. It's been going for many years. How did it start
0: and exactly how you came by the name as well? Okay. So Favour started about 20 years ago. And we had a family member who was looking to have an anniversary at a venue, at a nice venue. And I will not name the venue so I don't shame them. (laughs) Um, And the venue were not providing African and Caribbean food. So we said to the venue, can we bring in our own caterers? And they said, okay, that's an option. But then we didn't find a suitable caterer who met all the legal requirements, all the food safety requirements we would, um, a restaurant would offer to do the food, but because they run on a restaurant, they would offer to drop off the food. But someone needs to be liable, someone needs to present the food, someone needs to garnish the food, someone needs to know what temperature the food needs to be served at. Um, so that was kind of a challenge. You know, you had the venue, when the venue said yes, after a lot of pers- you know trying to persuade the venue, they say yes, then you can't find a caterer. Um, or when you find um, the caterer, the caterer don't have waiting staff. It's like, oh, where do you know? You might have to, can friends and family serve the food, can church members serve the food? And, you know, we're thinking, hang on, Mm. we want a proper service. We want um, just like what you would get when you go to a five-star venue. Mm. And unfortunately, that wasn't available within the African and Caribbean community. Um, that wasn't available for two reasons. One, um, in a sense, maybe our earning power, Mm. the the top venues were not used to us knocking on their door, wanting our own thing. Mm. Um, so probably the demand wasn't high. Um, at the same time, you know, the service wasn't there even if you wanted it so for myself and Nigel my husband obviously we thought wow that's a that's a gap in the market you know we're not asking the venue or the hotel to use their banqueting facilities for nothing we are paying for a service and we want our own type of food we want to you know we want to enjoy our own type of food which you know sh- shouldn't be a problem so that's what led to us brainstorming and starting off with favor we we are a family-based business we also we're also christians so there's a lot of faith in what we do um with that in mind we we would pray and seek god's face you know and that's where the name favor came from which is from um psalm 5 verse 12 where the lord said you know as we go ahead he would surround us with favor as a shield mm. So, in terms of drawing up a business plan and all of that in the early days, no, we didn't have a business plan um we had a lot of faith in us. We were prepared to put in the hard work and we you know we we went there to find out what's needed, what do we need to do? Do I need to retrain? Does Nigel need to retrain um from onset, Nigel had worked in a few hotels, so you know, front of house customer service was up his street, managing the kitchen, producing the food, presentation was up my street. So, we were a perfect team in that sense. Perfect, amazing. Well,
1: but yes. you can go, you mentioned you were a little bit earlier, I asked you because. Husband and wife teams, I, Chris and I own businesses together and we have very, very different roles within our companies because I think otherwise it's, it can be quite a challenge. So I have to ask you, how have you managed? Because you're not just a husband and wife team. You have children that you've had to raise in those 20 years as well, which goes with his own family, <laughs> mother, you know, being a mother as well as being a wife. So how have you managed to be able to combine being a parent, being a wife and a couple in business and growing an award winning business? Because you've won
0: awards for this business. So it's not a small business. Um, Okay. Along the line, we, as I said, Nigel Nigel is very much hot on customer service, front of house. Um, So that's where his skill sets lie. He's very charming. Um, Yep. I like back of house. I like the kitchen. I like to work with my chefs. We like to be creative. We like presentation. So that's a natural line for us. So first thing I would say is to kind of have a borderline who's responsible for what. So it's kind of clear-cut. Um, you know, Nigel is responsible for customer service, um, advertising and all of that, and kind of developing relationships with venues. Um, we're very keen on venues because, obviously, as I said earlier on, one of the things that um, brought about the business was trying to find the right venue. Um you know, in terms of back of house, food safety, creativity, on the side of the menu, I'm working closely with the staff, um, that's up my street. So we kind of had a borderline. But saying that you would have things that cross between, like obviously deciding on cost. Um a bit of even advertising branding, choosing the colors, so you know first and foremost, you also have to have the same values. you have to look at the business as a business. What are you bringing to the table? you know not what is my husband bringing to the table that 's a different part of the that's a that 's a personal aspect, but in terms of the business, this is what you're bringing to the table. This is my expectation as a business partner, not as a wife. Mm-hmm. And likewise, um, Nigel also has his own, you know, rules as in, this is what my clients expect from you. He wouldn't come up or come into the kitchen to say, um, darling wife, blah, blah, blah. No, you know, it's like, this is what the client wants and they want it now. So, so I think one, one very important part of it is knowing where to draw the line, um, having the same values. For the business, the business value, seeing the business as a business and seeing knowing what your brand is, so you know having having the same goals for the business is they're all key things. Um, on the other hand, things can be a disadvantage because um, yes, you you might yes, it's a family business, you can keep the money in the family, so whatever money you make. You can keep the money in the family, but you also keep the challenges in the family. Mm -hmm. Um, In another sense, those challenges or misunderstanding could could spill into the marriage. Or I might come back um, tired from an event, or you know, and I might snap at the children, and Nigel might be thinking, "Hang on." You know, we've both, we've all been at work. We've all, we've all experienced the same thing. Don't take it out on the children. Yeah. So we've brought up. You know, we've got two children, Vivian, who's twenty two, and Nathaniel, who's twenty. Um, so can you imagine when we started the business, we had a two year old, and I had just had Nathaniel. Um, I think Nathaniel was six months old when we started the business. Mm-hmm. So so it was challenging, but, you know, if you've got grits, you've, you've got some backbone, you're determined for it to work, you can make it work. But you need to be open and you need to trust each other. You need to be able to say to your business partner, who also is your husband, no, this is my stand on a certain issue. You know, in, for example, investments, moving kitchen, in interviewing staff, choosing suppliers, vendors, and all of that. You, you, at some point, you all have to. You both have to sit down and have an agreement. Um, so you must have. You must have some degree of trust. So in the, in the same way, who is one person you trust the most? would probably be your husband. In my case, you know, it is my husband. So who do I trust the most with finances as well um, is also my husband. We've got to talk about mortgaging. You know, we've got a mortgage to pay. We've technically technically not had a job (laughs) um, since the lockdown. Yes. Um, we've had small jobs in between. So, so that's why I say technically not had So we, we, most of the jobs we do, before COVID, our minimum um, jobs were a minimum of 100 guests. Obviously, we've cut that down to 30. And now with the new rules from the prime minister being six, you know, that kind of doesn't work for us. By the time you consider the chefs are on board, someone is going to do the delivery the kitchen porters. So we've decided to just put things on hold. So I go back one step. When um, we were able to do 30 guests, we've had a few private events where maybe fine dining or people having events at home where they had the chef, like a chef service, Um, You know, where your guests, the chef can also entertain your guests, where we cook, we flip things around, you can see the flame, you can taste, you can chat with the chef. So that's kind of nice. Mm -hmm. So it's a service where we're still going to keep or carry on doing. But at this point, with only six people gathering, it's not cost effective.
1: Now that you, I mean, you move very neatly onto the topic of the pandemic in that sense, because I was going to ask you. I, I know the catering. Oh, sorry about that. That's all right. No, no, no. It's perfect. It's a, it's a perfect natural order. So, I, you know, lots of business have been affected, but I imagine the catering industry or events industry, actually, to be honest, must have been. It must be a huge blow because you. I think of my wedding from the florist to the musicians to the DJs. It's it's a it's a whole thing, isn't it? And without being able to entertain, what's I mean, I understand you just said about the six person's rules that you can't actually have now. So what innovative ways are you using to keep yourself afloat? Because things will change, but it's about managing that time till we get things back on normal, isn't it? And it's about staying alive, keeping the business alive. What kind of things are you doing to keep yourself alive and keep the business alive and afloat?
0: Um, Currently, for uh, only exclusively to uh, ex-clients, we're doing home deliveries. So some people have opted for like a ready meal. And with a lot of people working from home, um, they want to focus on their work rather than be busy in the kitchen, making some jerk chicken or curry goat or jollof rice or, you know, so for those clients where we are offering um, a home delivery service, which could be a ready meal or even by post, which is a frozen meal. But saying that, you know, that's kind of keeping us going. Um, but long term, where which we, we we this we had in the pipeline a while ago, you know, we've been fortunate to have um, a few opportunities to work closely with the NHS. So, um, and, the, you know, and after the Black History, I'm not, after the Black Life Matter event, um, a lot of organizations are also looking to add on ethnic meals onto their corporate catering side or even for the public sector. So, it's giving us time as well to work on menus that can, that can be presented to the public sector. In terms, in terms of ethnic meals. That aspect would not launch yet, but we are working on it. That's fantastic. That's really good news. I mean, I can personally say
1: from the home delivery service, I have experienced that. It was wonderful and it was very well played because we were fed up of cooking and eating the same meals, some of which I can't cook, so... That was very well received, highly recommended it. But it's also very interesting to hear about the NHS aspects because, like you said, one of the reasons why Inspired by Black was started was because apart from the pandemic, but also about the Black Lives Matter movement of what's happened and how we're underrepresented or not getting the opportunities that we should be getting those kind of things. So it's good to hear that these kind of things are working because that's why we did this kind of platform, that people can talk about their experiences. and And hearing that you're getting more opportunities within NHS is brilliant. So it sounds like a fantastic opportunity and something that looks like you can grow into something else.
0: Definitely, the you know with the Black Life Matters and you know things are. It might be slow, but things are changing, and you know for even you know when when the Black Life Matters um, issue was going on, we had two venues which we had reached out to in the past you know and they said to us oh we don't have we don't have requirements for african and caribbean food you know we we got we got two emails saying oh would love to have you on board so <laughs> you know that yeah so that was interesting you know so you know it is slow slow but steady and i'm sure a lot of other venues are looking to see how they can incorporate um having african and caribbean caterers um to the top end venues um if there is a demand you know at the same time you know we've got to be honest and realistic um one of the museums in london we we're hoping to be caterers to what they charge as a daily rate you know is is above a yearly salary oh wow so so you know yeah so it's it's so with such venues like the museums and all of that even what they require of us as a caterer the insurance is different the risk assessment is different so there is a whole lot of work different. involved yes so it's not just about getting ourselves through the door you know do you have a clientele who who's looking to spend 35 40000 pounds mm. um budget for just the venue hire. This is excluding linen, flowers, the food itself, waiting staff, bath staff, drinks, and everything else that comes with an event. True. That's fair enough.
1: But it's still yeah. nice to be able to have the opportunity, though, because, I mean, at the moment, you, you don't necessarily know if you've, got the, if you've got the kind of clientele because you've never had the opportunity to actually say, OK, we've actually got this venue. With you being on the board of that venue, it now opens up opportunities where you can market to other people and say, actually, we have a venue that, can, that we can cater for this event. Whereas in the past, I guess, if you have no, you hadn't even had the opportunity to have that particular venue, it's not a conversation. So it's a good start. It's a good start conversation, yes. which is really good to hear. Oh, definitely. Definitely. So things are, are moving in the right direction. Oh, that's good. I'm really, really, really glad to hear that. And I couldn't wish for a, a better business to do better. And I know you'll
0: do well because, like I said, I love your food. So I'm, I'm a big fan anyway. Um, Thank you very much. It is challenging trying to pivot, I must admit, you know, with, with the staff. Or, you know, we're, we're only kind of going one one day a week to do a taster or send out um, meals to, as I said, um, our previous customers. But it, it is challenging. And, you know, just I believe there is light at the end of the tunnel. A lot of people have been affected. Yes, very much so, which is
1: really quite sad. When you say, when you refer to people being affected, actually have your staff coach because, you know, you, it takes a long time to get really good stuff. So when you kind of get them, you want to hang on to them. How yeah. what the impact that had on your staff, and you trying to
0: to keep the morale up, I suppose. We are doing our best. Um, you know, we kind of, we, we kind of meet once a week at the moment, which is when we do the, the production and trying to put things together for um, the public meals, which I mentioned, the NHS. Um, that's all we can do as it is. Um, but you know we're we're with all the staff we're kind of open to saying what do you want to do what's next how can we support you as an individual you know some, some of our staff have gone on to try part time jobs you know some of them have mortgages to pay bills to pay they have families um, so we're just doing our best really by encouraging each staff um, to see how we can kind of survive you know and you know looking at looking to thrive, yes, after the pandemic,
1: and there will be an after, thankfully, they, it will come to yes. an end at some point, so which is good. Um, I guess one of the other questions I want to ask about business is entrepreneurs are known for working long hours, and I'm sure as a businesswoman, you have definitely spent a lot of hours in the kitchen. how do you i mean I, I touched this earlier when you, I talked to you and your family, how you come to, how do you balance work, how do you get this? what's the word, ever-reaching or everything, and we're all looking for work-life balance, which is almost it almost seems like an impossible dream, really. But how do you manage to, because you've raised two children, like you said, you've run a successful business. There must be some sort of mechanism you're using to balance that life, to make sure family's still important, but business is there, self-fulfillment, time for mm-hmm. yourself. How do you fit all that in?
0: Um, honestly, I don't think I have the answer. <laughs> I've been... I've been very lucky in the sense that I do have a lot of family support so when when the children were younger um i I would have a family member stay with them at home
1: mm-hmm.
0: um At one point, we had a nanny come to the house, which was an expensive option mm-hmm. um and there's been times where we we you know when well now the children even come come to work with us. So you know they're part of the business. You know my my daughter is into healthy food, vegan or vegetarian, African vegetarian uh, vegan food. So she's always making suggestions on you know jackfruit, maybe how we can use pumpkin. What else can we introduce? So in a sense, it's helped us by introducing the the children to the business at an early stage. Um, has kind of helped. My son does help with administrative bits or even suggestions for the social media. Mm. Um, So they see themselves as part of the business. They know mommy has to go to work. You know, they know I might come back late. And when they, since the age of 16, I kind of, we kind of allow them to come with us Mm. on an event. So they understand if we're not home, this is what we're doing. And a lot of, a lot, a big part of the catering industry is also seasonal, yeah. as in perhaps I would say during the summer months. Um, so during when it's not busy, we kind of make up for the time we've not spent together. So I might take a Monday or a Tuesday off, make sure I'm at the school gate, make sure, you know, one of us has to be at the parents' meeting, yeah. um, take them to the park. So when we're not at work, we we give it, you know, if 110% of whatever we need to do with the children and, you know, it's, it's, it's paid off. That's brilliant. So, yeah, and now, now the, you know, now we have reliable staff, we can, you know, outside the COVID, the staff could run the business. I could have a weekend off with my children, you know, have a weekend off as a family and, you know, they would still deliver on the event. Perfect. Those times will return, they will definitely return. That's. Yeah, look forward to it.
1: <laughs> um, I guess what the other person I ask is, what kind of advice would you give to a newcomer? Uh, because uh, the one thing the pandemic has, the, the, the pandemic for one thing, but I think with the Black Lives Matter movement, apart from the protest and the injustice going on, one thing it has done is it spurred a lot of young people on to say, you know what, actually, I want to do something for myself. I want to create mm. a economy for not just the black industry, but just for us as well, as people as well to, to grow ourselves. But most people are new to this. You know, a lot of us are used to trained, especially if you refer to maybe Nigerians, particularly as an example. We're trained to go to school, to go to work. But, you know, we're trained to be workers. So mm. coming out yeah. of the World, it's quite different. What kind of advice would you give to a new startup? Maybe in the catering. I say catering because it's it's a catering can be quite challenging. You have to know what you're doing. How? What kind of advice would you give to them going forward? Saying, okay, this is what you need to watch out for. This is how you start. You know, what coming from a seasoned person like yourself.
0: Mm. Well, one thing I would I would say for certain is um, get a mentor. Ask a lot of questions um speak to someone who's been there um you know i was still saying this to nigel that you know um being successful or doing well at what you do doing what you do very well takes a lot more than you think mm. um have a strategy in place have a strategy in place you know yes you need to work hard but you also need to have a strategy in place um and you have to constantly um educate yourself You know, you have to constantly, especially in the food industry, you have to constantly, you know, trends, there are trends for wedding, there are trends for food. Things are changing, Um, you know, things are changing with different generation, how they want stuff done, you know, um, so you, you have to be on the ball. You have to know what's new, what's trending, what's next. You have to know your own niche. Not every customer is my customer. You know, frankly speaking, you know, by the time I have two conversations with um, a client, I kind of know if they're my client or not. Yeah. Um, you know, because you do have clients that don't want a professional service. Yes. Um, don't want anything set up or layout. For us at Favor, we are reliable it is all about being professional. I want to know what time your event is starting. I want to know what time your event is finishing. I want to know what time the music is going off. I want to know what time dinner is served. I want to know what time the toast, if, we're, if you're having a toast, what time it is because this, you know, I need to have the staff there ready to deliver. Mm. You know, you don't say um, dinner, the wedding breakfast is at 3 p.m. And we're rolling up at 4 p.m. That's not going to happen. Yes. You know, so you need to know who your clientele, you know, you need to know your customers in and out. Um, communication needs to be very clear. Um, and I believe in being very honest. You need to be very upfront and honest with your customers because they keep you in business, really. Yes. Yeah. So if you if you fall out with that customer and you're falling out with this customer, you know, it might be breakdown of communication, but you need to be clear. Everybody needs to... You need to have a contract in place. You, you need to set an expectation for your clients. You know, don't tell them you're going to deliver at 2 p.m. if you're not going to deliver at 2 p.m. And for any reason, if you're not able to deliver based on what you've agreed, you need to let the client know as soon as possible because things do happen, of course, you know. So for me, it's being upfront, being honest, communication. You have to be on the ball. You have to constantly... Um, have new skills. You know what's new on the in the, whatever market you're in. You know, f- you know. A few years back, my daughter said to me, "Oh, mom, you you need to get on social media." And I thought, "On oh, social media? No, no, no. We're doing fine." But look at it now. Social yeah. media is everything. We have clients coming off social media, inquiries coming off social media. Even the food trend. You know, p- p- people are now. Thinking about what they eat, what goes into it? Is it palm oil? Where has the palm oil come from? Um, do you recycle? For for us, we recycle. All you know, a lot of Africans still eat um, relatively fried food from fried plantain, fried yam, and all of that. So we recycle all our oil. You know, we do give the client an option if you want, um, let like your beef grilled or on a griddle. So, so healthy options, really. So you have to be on the ball. You have to know all of this, and I believe you know whatever industry you're in, things change. Yes. So you have to know. You have to know what you're doing, really. No, it's brilliant advice. I I, I think it, have I covered that? You have to know your finances as well. Yes. You know, it's not just about rolling out the doing the job, and you have to know what your goings are. You know, you have to have get yourself a good accountant, know what your income is, um, and what the next stage is. You have to have strategies. Yeah. For all of these things,
1: yeah, you definitely did. You, you mentioned something actually. You said when you were talking to Naidu, you said, um, success is a lot more than what you think. Can you elaborate? Oh, yes. I think people just think success means you've got money,
0: whereas it's a lot more than that. Um, success, it you know, I, I guess in the, in the case, in some cases, people everybody would have to define what's been successful is for them. Success is not all about money, it's it for us is about. Yes, we do have to make a living, but it's about supporting the community we come from, um, because at the end of the day, why we really went started the business was because there was no black caterers or African and Caribbean caterers being represented out there. So our first goal is to have or to represent um African and Caribbean caterers out there. So, you know, there are quite a lot of venues like the English Heritage, Mm -hmm. um, Principal Haley, where we were the first caterers to be on their list. Mm -hmm. And we still have a a handful of venues where FAVOR is the only African and Caribbean caterers. Some of them are, even like the Greenwich Museum is a World Heritage venue. We are still the only African and Caribbean caterers on that list. For me, that has been successful.
1: Yes, even though because that's
0: what we—that's th- what we've set out to achieve. You've got the Kew Gardens, um, you know. It's it's partly owned by the royal family, but you've got the Temple House, which is part of the World Heritage Venue. Um, to me, being on that list is being successful. Yes. Exactly. So yes. So so for us, which is the the core reason for going into business was to smash the glass um, you know which was placed in the sense that perhaps um, African and Caribbean caterers can't deliver or had problems with food safety issues or auditing issues um, and you know we've come out there and we've been able to crack it we've been able to We've, we've been successful in that aspect. So, so you know, the whole idea was to open the doors to other people. Fantastic. And we've made a good living. You know, we've, we've been able to support our community, employ people in our community. We employ, um, we also mentor other black people or young people, ethnic minority within our community. So, you know, for me, that's being able to hold somebody else's hands and say, yes, you can do it. Yes, keep going. Yes, don't throw the towel in. Yes, you might drop the button, but you know, you 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 pick it up and carry on. Yes. You know, for me that's that's that what's that's that is what defines being successful. No, that's fantastic. That's,
1: yeah, that's really, really amazing. You you mentioned something. You said um, you know, one of the greatest things for you was being on that list and smashing that list. What would you say your I guess your highest point in your business when from the twenties year old, what are the best memories or the biggest point, the, the the most significant moments you remember thinking, yes, that was, that's that's it?
0: Um, well, being recognised by the venues we work for, mm. some of these venues, like the English Heritage, yeah. there are the African caterers on that list now, but we were the first um, African Caribbean caterers on that list. Mm. Being recognised by some of the museums, even in London, that have reached out to us to say, "Oh, okay, yes, we have an event. Can we partner with you?" Mm-hmm. Those are high points for me. But also um, to be able to say, "We've, you know, we've successfully catered for at least three different presidential events from other countries in England." Wow. Um, that's a yep. That's a you know, that's that that's a federal. And we've added to even it's not out there. Um, we've had the opportunity to for Black History Month. We've done we've worked for eBay in the past. We've done JP Morgan. Um, we've done the NHS. Um, what else? <laughs> I'm glad there's more. That sounds fantastic. You've you know, won awards as well along the along the way. Yes, we've won awards along the way. Um, I think the last one is the Black British Business Award, um, um, which is we've been nominated. So, which is in October, the eighth of October. Um, so, you know that that's that's yeah. So, so that's a good one. Um, you know, it, it, within the wedding industry, we've had a few awards as well and within the black community. So, you know, we're grateful and we're grateful for all the support we've received. So for me, you know, it's, it's also time to give back. Yes, It's not just about taking and taking. It's also time for us to give back.
1: Oh, well, it sounds brilliant. You sound like you've done an amazing job. I love it. But I guess on the, the flip side of that, um, when you talk about the highest points, what would you say the lowest points been? I mean, pandemic aside, I, I, I don't imagine if the pandemic is the worst or is there even something even much worse because businesses go through up and downs and, you know, the downs can be down.
0: Um, honestly, the worst bit has been this pandemic even we had the ethnic meals being, we were working researching that even before the pandemic, but a sudden no income for six months um, and brainstorming, trying to pivot away from the food industry in another sense has been challenging. Um, All the other challenges we've had Relatively, you know, uh, business challenges which you kind of expect to have here and there, you know, clients not paying on time, issues with staff, but you know, all of that is kind of everyday challenge, I would say, where you get in business. But the pandemic has has been has been the biggest one for us.
1: Fair enough. No, I think that I think a lot of people will agree with that sentiment. I've got a couple of questions, last couple of questions. Thank you so much. It's been so interesting hearing your story and your journey so far. I guess one of the things I'd ask to ask you, because, you know, be remiss of me not to ask during these challenging times. We've talked about some of your challenges before, but what are the what you say? What are the biggest impacts you found working? in a business during the COVID period times? I mean, everybody has their challenges, I'm sure. What are the ones you found, especially as you both you and your husband work together in the organisation? Because that must put a strain on for everyone, I imagine.
0: Yes, it's put a lot of strain on us um, for quite a few reasons. First reason, when, because we're both in the same business, technically, most of our income comes from the hospitality industry. Mm-hmm. Um, and the hospitality industry has now been shut down for over seven months. Yeah. So which means we technically don't have an income. Obviously, thanks to the government with the with the grant available, but that's a lot of challenge. We've got the staff, we've got a mortgage or mortgages to pay. We've got a lease on the premises. We've got, you know, we've got a refrigerated van. We've got a goods van. We've got so many things. We've got many outgoings you know, um, so that puts, that can put a strain on the marriage itself because you're both in the business and you're both going home as well. And you're thinking, all right, how are we going to pay the next mortgage in a sense? But, uh, you know, so that, that has been, or oh, what's the next plan or what are we going to do? And, you know, he's thinking, he's looking at me and say, come on, come up with an idea. <laughs> and that, come on, Nigel, what's up? What's next? So, so that can be, that specifically has been a challenge during this COVID period. But the plus as well um, for us has been we, it's given us time to look at the business again, mm. um, lay a better foundation, do a bit of, you know, because we're not, we've relatively been a busy business taking in calls we're quite hands-on as well you know so we've been able to take a step back due to COVID and think oh do we really want to be hands-on this much maybe it's time to start delegating maybe it's time to start growing the business in other aspect and in another sense you know we've had other opportunities that because we've been so focused on our main goal which is. breaking into top venues we've kind of left some things unattended to that's the gospel truth Mm -hmm. um it's giving us time to kind of say okay you know let's have another look at how things can work better yes that's kind of been a, a plus for us um so those are the major things you know we've kind of looked at during this period
1: So, yeah. So, I I mean, I I appreciate the financial bit's been challenging, but it's nice to hear that you've actually still found pluses in there. You still managed to find something that you can grow with. I guess something you'll grow with going forward, despite the challenge that's come out of it, which is really quite inspirational to hear.
0: Oh, yes. Believe me, um, even in the means, in the middle of the challenge, you can always find good out of it. You can always bring out. So you just need to focus on the positive aspect you know, you need to start thinking, what can we do now? What can we, how can we pivot? What can we do differently? You know, what other, you know, know, for example, we've had airlines approach us to do the catering. Yes. And we've kind of turned it down because we're busy focused on mainly the hospitality, or then we think, um, because they only want, you know, they only want meals for their first class guest, um, and then we say, oh, it's not, um, it's not enough. But at this point, if we had that side, um, if we had developed that arm of the business, you know, it, it, we, we could, we could ex- expand it and have it grow on its own. Yes.
1: You know,
0: and, you know, when you did ask me, one of the things I said I was going to share also um, is one of the things that have come out of it during this period for us you know, is what would we say to a younger us or a younger me? What would I say to a younger me if I was, I guess, going into business, you know? Um, and that would be to dream big mm. rather than just, you don't, yes, you have to, you know, in a sense, you need to set your goals, stick to your goals. Mm. But then, you know, you can grow, you can grow from there. You can grow bigger. So you need to think big, think beyond your goals. Mm. Um, because sometimes, you know, the opportunity would come and you might not take it because you're just stuck on this is what I want to do, I this is what I'm, I'm out to achieve. But, you know, there they, are other things that can come out of it bigger than your goals. Mm-hmm. So definitely, you know, it's made us think big. Um, also surround yourself with people who live in your vision, people who can encourage you, support you, you know, during the challenging period. You know, we've had a lot of support and encouragement from the community as well. I've I've had some of our um, past clients reach out to say, how can we help? How can we support? I've had someone from Facebook, I think they have a black community group saying, you know, what are you doing now? How can we help? You know, so, so that's very, very encouraging to have. And even with all our chefs, the chefs are saying, can we start ready meals? Can we start posting food? And I'm saying to them, hang on, hang on, let's, let's look at the total picture. So that's kind of very encouraging. That's a lot of motivation in there to have a support network.
1: That's, very, that's very important, isn't it? having the right, the right kind of people surround you because you, when you're trying to grow a business or thinking that mindset with
0: ideas, the right people around you is crucial. Oh, definitely. You know, that has kind of made um, a difference. And finally, you know, it's also important to take calculated risk. Mm. You know, um, I was brought up in a community where you don't, it's not, you know... Besides a mortgage, you don't borrow or or borrowing isn't quite part of my culture. Um, But, you know, if you're going to grow a business at some point, it would make sense to borrow. So we've technically grown Favour in an organic manner. We've saved up and then moved from a smaller unit to a bigger unit, saved up to buy the van, save up for this, save up for that. But if we you know, like uh, we had a supermarket approach us if we were going to produ- make an African product for them, a specific product, but we needed um, like a salsa accreditation mm-hmm. and it's going to cost us money to get the salsa accreditation, but we had the facility to loan the money, but it's a, it's a risk. Yeah. Instead of moving forward, we said no to the supermarket oh, because, wow. we, you know, we, we, we weren't ready to take that risk. So, you know, in a sense, you, you've got to get the balance right. You also need to take calculated risk.
1: That's very interesting. I do love that. I, I love what you tell your younger self. Dream yes. bigger, surround yourself by the right people and take calculated risks. And I think yep. that's I think that's, the, that's a fine balance. And I think we are all taught to. I mean, I'm quite. Um, I jump quite a lot, but my husband's the opposite way. He's very good at calculated risk. I'm the I'm the very flighty one. But it is very oh. important isn't it, to have both because you need the balance of being able to save and keep the business and um, keep the business steady, but also take the calculated risk. So that's really, really amazing advice. Yes, I totally agree. I do love yep. what you know. Your younger self. What's next for favors? I mean, I know you've got the NHS. We're looking towards the, the events that we're hoping the wedding industry will start to return by next year. But
0: what else is next? What's on the plans? Frankly, what's next for Favour is um, providing ethnic meals to um, the public market, really. Yeah. OK. And that's yes. Yeah, that, that would be the, the next step for us. And hopefully, you know, when the event industry comes back, would we'll, would we'll just, you know, and, you know, what what I'm feeling as well is people people change after the pandemic you know it has really it did really hit the 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 african caribbean people even with number of people dying um on the line health issues wow. so we we also need to look at what we're eating if you've got high blood pressure you need to cut down on salt we need to cut down on fatty food we need to cut down on gluten for different reasons so so i think you know for us we're looking at we need to look at food as a from a healthy point of view taking into consideration mm-hmm. the nutritional values not just um, authentic food not just we we, we have to have pla- um, palm oil floating on it on your <laughs> ayamashi you that's know so so for us we're, we're that's right so we're looking to see how we can marriage you know marry the, the, the healthy aspect um, the young generation are into into less um, animal product, so all of this so there's a lot of things going on where we're trying to incorporate into the next product we launch okay
1: very best and finally, from me, what yeah. is that you think we can do, what can we do for you as a community what you know what message can we share? Is there anything we can do? Because the whole idea is to help support one another. And when one business is in crisis, we're all in crisis, the pandemic affects us all. So where we can help, yeah. where we can assist, we want to do our bit, which is why I started this. So what can we as ordinary people, apart from buying from you, obviously, what else can we do to support you?
0: Um, I think we can support each other in the community by buying from each other. <laughs> You know, um, since since there's also the Black Pound Day, so not just on the Black Pound Day, as much as you can support another black business. You can support another black business first by, by putting your money where your mouth is, you know, um, patronizing them. You can support them by sharing posts on social media. You can also support another business by mentoring that business or giving them feedback. How can you improve? What can you do better? You know, bringing something to the table, even suggesting strategies for a business, all of that can help a business stand, can can help go a long way. So those are the three key things um, I feel you can help us as a business and can help, you know, other people, other black businesses within the community.
1: Oh, that's fantastic. That's brilliant. We definitely will. I, I, for one, definitely will do. And you'll soon be here. You'll Thank be you very much. And everything else. Anything else from you, Victoria? You've been amazing. You've been an amazing guest to have on board today.
0: Thank you so much, Kemi. It's a delight. i um, grateful. You know, part of what you've started is, is to inspire. So we are there, and personally, I am available. To advise or encourage anyone. Sometimes you need someone to brainstorm with you. You know, even it might be sharing someone else's, um, perhaps sharing your dream with someone else, so they can hold your hand or they can give you ideas. They can make suggestions. You know, so that's that's really key for us. So uh, we we are here and. Happy to support other people on your platform um, really? to inspire them to carry on. You know there would be challenges, but you don't give up. You you stand tall. Thank you. During much. this period, Thank yes. You, so much. you heard it straight. Thank from you, so You've heard it straight
1: from She's here. She's available. She's got years of experience so please 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 do feel free to ask any questions but thank you very much victoria for joining us i really appreciate it you are my first podcast person so you know i'm so pleased it was with you Woo-hoo! thank you very much yes. for the wedding food because i thoroughly enjoyed it i will be sharing pictures <laughs> you won't be able to eat it and thank you again for the special parcel she sent to me during the pandemic because it was very much You're welcome fun, and it was delicious and again i will share pictures but um yes i wish you all the best victoria i know your projects are going to be amazing I for one look forward to what's coming from your business and I will be shouting your names from the rooftop. So I am very privileged to have listened to Victoria and I hope you all enjoy the podcast as much as I did. One of the things I would like to point out that I think every entrepreneur be experienced or new should do in their industry is look for experienced entrepreneurs who have experience in the industry to gain as much knowledge and um, advice from people like this because they have uh, they have the experience that we are looking for and know the pitfalls to avoid as we travel in our entrepreneurial business I myself over many years have used or you know worked alongside mentors to give me that experience and to give me that guidance when I've needed it so I encourage you all to do the same and And I guess that's one of the reasons why I wanted to do the podcast so that people would learn more from experienced people like this. So I hope to bring those kind of people on board going forward in the future. But from now, I wish you all goodbye. Everybody take care. And I'm sure I'll speak to you all soon. And don't forget to subscribe and like and listen out for our next podcast. That's all from us at IBB. The whole idea of Inspired by Black is to not only celebrate black businesses, but also to talk about the challenges so we can learn from one another. You've got um, stylists, you've got designers, people who are well-known names, but not just the well-known names, even the smaller, unknown business people who've been running businesses for many, many years in industries that you wouldn't even think about and thought, well, why not bring a platform whereby we can hear those stories, hear how they started, what their challenges were, what their highest was, what their dreams are, what their legacies are, what kind of things they're trying to get into and learn from those people and celebrate each other.